Hello, I'm Jason Gant, pastor of Kids and Families here at Church of the Resurrection. I'm so, so glad you've tuned in to the With Parents podcast, where we hope to inspire, to equip, to engage your family in faith growth. And today, we have a special guest, an opportunity to learn about amazing ministry happening right here in the Kansas City area through our partner schools. We have multiple partner schools where we uh, give kids food for the weekends, where we share uh, bookmobile books that they get to take home, where we help them get a bed for a bed night, uh, good sleep and a bed night uh, bedtime routine where we can volunteer and tutor and help make a difference because by third grade, you might not know this, but that's how they decide how many cells are going to be built in future prisons by the literacy rate at third grade. We want to make a difference there and you can help us make a difference. You're going to hear from Ann Carter, who is a part of the leadership of this ministry. It takes so many, it takes a village to do this ministry, but she has such a passion. She's the champion uh, for this ministry. I can't wait for you to meet her. Let's get on it. So Anne, we're so glad to have you today. Tell us why you're passionate about this ministry with partner schools here at Resurrection. I think the partner school ministry is able to make all kinds of wonderful changes throughout the Kansas City metro area. I love that we partner with different schools in different um, school districts, um, in different socioeconomic areas. Um, and I love that we're able to impact the kids on so many levels. We can give them a warm coat. We can give them mm. a, a clean uniform. We can give them food, books, whatever it is. I just think that we are really making a difference in the lives of kids. Yeah, that's awesome. And how many partner schools do we have now? We have six locations at Resurrection, and each of our locations is, is intentionally engaged in different schools, but a total number of how many schools? So we have nine partner schools. Um, they range from Kansas City, Missouri, Kansas City, Kansas, um, school districts, Olathe School District, and Shawnee Mission School District. We impact um, over 3,600 kids wow. and over 600 staff people. Okay, that's amazing. And all of these schools have a very high uh, either free or reduced lunch rate. These are, these are kids that are in a place uh, of need. Um, but it's not just about charity. It's more than that, isn't it? And that's it part is. of what we've learned. It is, yes. Yeah. It's about relationships. Yes. And, and through COVID, we learned that it was not only about relationships with the kids, but relationships with the teachers and the staff. Yes. Because once COVID began, the teachers really became stressed. And we learned that we had to not only support the kids, we had to support the teachers and the staff. Well, and that's important to say. So before we even get into the history of this, let's just talk about the newest element, which you're calling Bless the Teacher. Bless the Which teacher. I think is very cool. Yes, it's been around probably five or six years. Um, and so what we do is we pair a staff person. We call it Bless the Teacher because Bless the Staff is kind of vague, sure. but um, it can be anyone from the principal to a custodian, to a cafeteria worker, to a kindergarten teacher, to a librarian. We partner a volunteer with that person. Our volunteer doesn't, doesn't ever have to leave their home. They write a little note of support or, or use a pre-printed note and they send it to the school with the teacher's name on the front once a month. So and that's that really simple. cool, yeah. really simple. That's an entry point volunteer place. And that, you're gonna hear uh, throughout this interview, six or seven really, depending on how deep you might wanna go, ways to get involved uh, in the partner school ministry. Uh, but let's go back. Let's go back to uh, something we called Bless the School, which was like a, like a really like a summer 
a campaign, like a summer project, right? To, right. Well, tell us what it was in, intent to do. So the, the first Bless the School was called Paint the School, and paint the, the school. purpose was to go in and paint and brighten the schools. Some of the schools we went into had large areas of peeling paint, um, right. areas where the uh, plaster had collapsed, um, flooring that was buckled in the gym. I mean, all kinds of challenges. We thought we were just getting into paint, but then we very quickly found out that there was a lot more that needed to be done. Right. And so we painted the school, it looked awesome, but we didn't, we missed that relational aspect. Yeah. And um, that's, that's what we found. I think Bless the School is now about 15 years old. That's what we found in the end to be the most important piece was the relational aspect, to let the school and the principals know that we're there to support them right. and in whatever they need, not just paint. Well, that's such an important uh, thing to say because <clears throat> there's, a, there's this missional idea where we go and we partner with someone in need and we do something that we perceive they need and we walk away and the we feels fulfilled, like we've done God's work. But maybe we projected our hope or what we believe they needed onto them. And there's an interesting story that happened one day when you just happened to be in the front office of one of the schools. When I know you were already thinking about how to go deeper in this ministry, tell that story because I think it's really powerful. So um, one day when I was at Wendell Phillips, which was our first partner school, um, the principal happened to mention that they needed an ice maker. That was back in the day when we still used ice on the um, on the kids' boo-boos and they needed ice for social functions they were happening. So I said, oh, I think we can do that for you. And so we came up with a used ice maker. We installed the ice maker and it worked great for a little while and then the compressor went out. And the principal didn't want to ask us for another thing. So they uninstalled the ice maker and threw it away. We could very easily have repaired the ice maker for them, but we didn't have a person in place at that school who was there every week or several times every week to identify the things that needed to be done. To build the relationship so it was mm -hmm. an equal partnership. Exactly. So somebody in that role wouldn't feel like, I'm not gonna call the church that gave us this great gift and tell them it's broken, right? They, exactly. So how do you build a relationship where there's an, there's an equal partnership in, in bringing the best to the kids in the community? And that's, that's a simple learning in just that story alone. And then there was another story that helped us move into uh, a weekend ministry that maybe nobody had really yet envisioned. Tell that story. So I just happened to be at Truist Elementary one year um, in the, in the uh, office waiting for the principal. And a little boy, he was probably about seven years old, and his little sister, maybe a kindergartner, came into the office and asked the secretary if she had something they could eat. And she said, this was before school served breakfast. Now they serve breakfast, and most of the time they have an additional stash of breakfasts for the kids who come in late for some reason or another. Right. But this was before that time. And the uh, secretary said to the little boy, didn't you, did you not have breakfast this morning? And she, he said, we haven't eaten since I left school on Friday. Wow. And you could just feel everybody's heart drop when he said that. And so, of course, they quickly scurried to get food. But we came back to Resurrection with that story and said, this is an immense need, and this is something that we really need to fill. And so now, every Wednesday in the basement at uh, Leewood campus, and I think 
other campuses do theirs too in different locations. We fill backpacks with um, the food that a family would need for two protein-based meals uh, for the weekend. Right. Not snacks. Not yes. snacks, but protein-based meals for the whole household. Exactly. We're truly living into Jesus' call exactly. to, to feed the feed hunger. The and and that's awesome. And so that's so it's like another learning. So first we learned, okay, we've got to build a relationship. So there's an equal partnership. So mm-hmm. there's mutual respect. So there's a, an open conversation that can happen about need. Then, oh my gosh, here's the real need. I, I, I would say that's a Holy Spirit moment that yes. you were you were attuned to in that moment, in that day, in that in that office when that little boy came in hungry. And so that gave us a clear, okay, this is where God needs us to go now. We need to feed uh, the children. So that started the backpacks ministry, which by the way, is they're no longer in, well, I don't want to give that away because there's an important learning here. So tell us again, the next progression, what did we learn? Because it started as a backpack ministry right? where they would get their backpacks on Friday to go home with all the food. And then what did we learn? So every... Every child, I think the first year we did it, every kid got a navy blue backpack. And then they started color coding the backpacks by grade, but they were all very generic looking backpacks. And we learned that the older kids, especially the fourth, fifth, and sixth graders, were embarrassed to take that backpack on the bus or embarrassed to walk home with that backpack because it identified them as not having enough resources for their family. So we learned that we need to put that food in a Walmart plastic bag and put it inside the kid's backpack instead of strapping them with a backpack that identified them as, as being poor. This is so important because it's about dignity and it's, it's, it's about the felt need and how to appropriately fulfill that need where no one feels shameful and no one feels embarrassed and, and they only feel love and care and support. And so we learned again. And this is why I I wanted to bring this up because these are such great ministries, but we, we keep learning. We're learning something new every, really every year that develops like the beds ministry, for example. Right? So first we looked at food and then tell us about this, this, these progressions just are amazing. They don't stop. So we've got the hunger ministry going. We've got uh, the partnership with the the principal and the relational, what we call liaisons, mm-hmm. uh, that are volunteers who serve as a liaison, the partner with, with the church and the principal. And then now we learned about the need for beds. Tell us about that. So um, the beds ministry was derived, and there are several ministries over the Kansas City area, but the beds ministry was derived from knowing through the, through the relationship we had with the schools that a lot of these kids did not have a bed to sleep in. So we developed the BEDS program. I shouldn't say we. There was a group that developed the BEDS program, and the, um, they, the, they take a group of volunteers into the school, and they um, talk about bedtime routines, about going to bed, about you know taking a bath, about um, reading a story, about all of that. And... Um, I've lost my train of thought. And um it's okay. the, the the each child receives a a little um kind of placard that they fill out and it says, I sleep in my own bed, I sleep with someone else, I have my own room. And most of the time we need to interpret these because they might check all three of them or they might check none of them. Right. So we talk to the kids, we read them a story, we tell, we uh, provide them with a snack, we uh, talk about brushing their teeth and all of that. And um, then we identify the kids that we think 
from what they've said need a bed. In like a safe way so they don't feel embarrassed. Exactly. A one-on-one. -on -one. It's a way to really talk about it. Exactly. In a safe place. And then each student in that school receives um, a, a blanket throw, a pair of socks, a teddy bear, or some kind of stuffed animal, and a book to read at night. Toothbrush, toothpaste to reinforce those routines, those bedtime yeah. routines. And if, uh, the social worker works with our volunteers, and a few weeks later, there'll be a beds party in the uh, parking lot at the school where the families can come pick up their beds. That's um, awesome. And we have inflatable beds for kids who are um, in transient situations where they might spend a few nights with mom, a few nights with dad, sure. whatever. Sure. And you had mentioned to me, here's a practical mm -hmm. need. Practical need is we need more bed slats. Right, right, do right need now. Bed slats, need yeah. bed slats, and so if you're a person who likes to make things, you can get connected with the ministry and make bed slats and cut those boards. Maybe an Eagle Scout project. Yes, uh, out there. So, yes. um, you know, these are not just hey, sign up and months from now there are things you could get involved with right now. And exactly. that, that's part of why I want to tell you this story because first of all, it's just a really powerful story and that how God has moved us through making an impact in our community mm -hmm. because we just believe that's imperative to be the church. If we're not making an impact in our community, if we're not as our senior pastor, Adam Hamilton, says, if the Kansas City area doesn't look different mm -hmm. after 50 years of our church being involved in this community, have we been a church or have we been a Christian club? And that's a really important gut-wrenching question for us to ask every day. Are we being the hands and feet and the voice and heart of Jesus to our neighbors, to love our neighbor, to care for others? Well, and there's no doubt that God puts us in the right place at the right time. And we just, we don't know that we're going to be in the right place at the right time until we get there. Right, right. That's well said. So we, we kind of had this realization of like, we've got to get some relationships going. We need to help uh, feed kids over the weekend so that they have food, so they their nutrition is fueling their mind. And then we also are, are helping them to understand the structure of an evening routine and a good night's sleep that will help them succeed the next day. And then we've started a ministry that I know a lot of people are very excited about. There's a lot of buzz around this, and you you could be driving down the highway and see it. And yes. what's that ministry, Anne? So that's our bookmobile ministry, and we are so um, blessed to have this beautiful bookmobile that um, can hold thousands or does hold thousands of books um, and uh, visits schools where the kids um, are identified as needing as having a large percentage of kids who who um, need free and reduced or qualify for free and reduced lunches. So each kid who visits the bookmobile gets a new book and a used book to take home to keep. It's not a library system. Yeah. They get to keep it for their very own. And that's a big deal. And their teachers help them choose a book on their reading level. And we provide the volunteers and the drivers for the bookmobile. And the bookmobile runs about three days a week during the school day. Yes, and I'm, I'm going to say right now, because I'm in process to become a bookmobile driver. But you don't have to be a driver. You can also just volunteer. Mm -hmm. uh, the crew is like a, a driver and three, three, three others, so a crew of four mm -hmm. that kind of work together for a half a day and go to the school. And then the teacher works with the kids on helping them pick out the right books, because sometimes they get excited about certain covers, and the teacher helps them get the right exactly. book that they can they can learn and grow in. Uh, and, and I've seen these kids come off. Uh, the bookmobile holding those books and they hold them tight. They do. Yes, uh, they because do. Because for some, it may be the first books they've received in their life. That and they, they get, get to, to choose it. Oh, and that's, that's really important. It's yes. not something that someone handed down to them that's that, you know, they didn't get to pick. They get yeah. to choose it. 
That's so great. I, I just love hearing how you and the whole team are always thinking about dignity and helping these kids and these families feel a sense of care, but also dignity. And uh, otherwise, we move into something you know that's often referred to as toxic charity, right? Where where what we're doing is really just about how we feel about what we're doing. And when we talk about loving our neighbor, and and we hope to be a church that really lives into this, we want to become relational with all people. And when we do that, our life has benefited just as greatly as theirs. And it's and it's a partnership, right? Um, that's why we talk about serve trips uh, in that way where we build partnerships. So it's not a one-time thing, but we build a relationship with a community. And this ministry, and that's part of why I wanted to interview you today, has just been such an amazing local uh, ministry here in the Kansas City area. Um, and I've got to see the impact. I, I've been there when teachers are, are receiving care uh, from our teams of volunteers and the bookmobile and all. It's just, it's just really cool. And I don't know about you, but I grew up in a community, and, and it's still to this day in most communities where the schools are the center of the community. Mm-hmm. And the schools are where people are connecting, and we have an opportunity to connect with those people. That feels like we're doing what God is calling us to do. And the schools are a safe place for the kids, and that's really important. They may not feel safe at home, but they feel safe at school, and that's a really important piece. Yes. And I remember you know, in our talk, we were talking about how they even understand the science around reading and literacy, that it's really K-1 and 2. Would you speak to that a little bit? Yes. So when we provide tutors to our partner schools, we focus on kindergarten, first and second grade. That's not to say that we don't provide tutors for other grades because we do. But um, the number of jails that are jail cells that are available in this country is based on the number of kids who have not achieved um, reading level by grade three, have not achieved second grade reading level by grade three. So they learn to read kindergarten, first and second grade. Generally speaking, if they're successful, then their reading takes off in the third grade, and they are they are literate. And um, we really try to focus on those first three grades because we want to produce as many literate kids. We want our efforts to help, but but we also want these kids to be warm, and we want them to have a good night's sleep, and we, you know we want um, we want them to have clean uniforms to wear and all the other things that feed into this to give them dignity, to give them the feeling that they can succeed. I can't help but think about the 25th chapter of Matthew, which says, uh, where did you see me when I was a stranger and you greeted me when I was sick or in prison and you visited me when I was hungry and you fed me when I was thirsty and you gave me water? Um, I know for me, that change every time I read that piece of scripture and every time I walk into a school environment or really any environment, when you begin to look at children, you see the face of Christ in every child. Then I know, at least I feel <clears throat> that I'm growing in my faith, that I'm seeing children as Jesus sees them. And I know as you see the man, and I just appreciate your heart. I appreciate your efforts and I, and the whole team. I know you just have a team of dozens of volunteers. Huge yes. Huge but it does take a champion, and I just so appreciate you out there championing these, this ministry and seeking new ways to get better and to do it better and to make an impact. And so 
thank yous for spending some time with us today just to hear about this. Part of my hope was to invite families to get involved. There's so many ways. You can tutor uh, at the schools. You can help uh, stuff backpacks. Uh, it's not really backpacks, but you're stuffing plastic bags. They go in backpacks full of food and you know you're feeding people and, and you can get involved with the bookmobile and you can get involved with other special events. Like in the summer, we still do some of the painting and, and, yes. and uh, landscape work and, mm -hmm. and those kind of things. And, and, um, Write kinda, notes to the teachers. Write notes to the teachers. Yes. You can do that from home. That's you huge. and your kids could do that. What a great project to do together. Mm -hmm. um, and all of this you can find at resurrection.church slash partner schools. Resurrection.church slash partner schools. You will see it like we just mentioned it, almost like a visual for each one, bookmobile and, and partner, all of it. Uh, bless the teacher. All of it's there and you can get involved. We'd love to have you involved. Um, and hey, come and be on the bookmobile with me. It'll be a lot of fun. But uh, Anne, is there anything else you'd want anybody to know or a final word that you might share? You know, we, we, are, um, we hardly ever say no. We had a gentleman <laughs> who came to us and said, I'd like to provide every kid and every teacher in the partner schools with a Dairy Queen Dilly Bar. Awesome. And it was it was an awesome opportunity. The kids love their Dilly Bars. Oh my gosh, yeah. Frequently they're used as rewards for things, but the whole school gets them. Oh, so if awesome. someone had something to offer, we would love to have it. If they want to offer their time, we need lots of time. We need bookmarks yeah. made at home for the for the books that the kids get. We can yeah. we're really good about utilizing our resources and we'd love to have more resources. Oh, that's awesome. And maybe this is inspiring you. And that's part of the intent of the podcast is to share amazing stories, places and things that inspire us, equip us and opportunities to make a difference. And that's our hope. And so, Anne, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Uh, it's been great to just hear you speak personally about this ministry and what it means for you, uh, because I know it goes all the way back to your own childhood and the excitement of knowing the bookmobile was down the street and the impact that your teachers made on your life. Uh, I just really appreciate that. My mother was an educator. Oh. She's retired now, um, but um, uh, always, always love educators in every way. So thanks again for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I sure appreciate it. And thanks for joining us here at uh, the With Parents podcast. We hope you'll uh, worship with us sometime uh, online, on TV, or any one of our six locations. You can find out more details at resurrection.church.